You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. thank the, uh, the team on stage here who have just really excelled today and such a great anointing on them and guys out the side as well helping to set the atmosphere so good. This is a, uh, a very significant day in history. It cannot be underestimated. It cannot be understated. And um, I just want to have a special welcome to any visitors who are with us today. You know, um, sometimes being in church or in a new church is kind of awkward and weird, so just, you know, let that run away. Uh, I just pray and hope that God speaks to you today, you know, like that you just get an encounter with God that just blesses you, and that blessing sticks around for your whole life, you know. Um, today is so significant, uh, and I'm just going to say what happened again. We, we, this is the day that we remember, and we reflect, and we celebrate, and we worship God because of what happened 2,000 years ago is still extremely relevant and extremely powerful for every single one of us today. Uh, And millions of people around the world today will be celebrating Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection. And uh, it's just just such a powerful thing. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth was born and he grew up and he selected 12 disciples to be with him and he empowered them to change the world. And then something that was ordained of God but so shocking happened. Jesus was arrested for no crime and no sin. And he was nailed to a cross for you and I. And then three days later, he was resurrected from the dead. And then he appeared to over 500 people over 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven. And then the Holy Spirit, 40 days later, was poured out. Sorry, 10 days later, really, it's 50 Pentecost, right? Holy Spirit was poured out on the earth and this movement began called the church. And the kingdom of God has been advancing across this earth at a rate and a speed that that, that we've never seen before. And now millions and millions, in fact, over a billion people are worshiping Jesus right now as a result. So good. So, So my hope for us today is that we would get a fresh touch from heaven about this. That there would be something fresh on this today. That we're we're not just reflecting on historical facts and figures and people. It's not just a reflection on 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 an event in history. It's actually about us remembering Jesus again for us. You know, having another encounter with God and being changed yet. Look, let me just say this. If you're not excited today, just let God do a work in you. Just let God breathe fresh life on this today. If you're a believer and this day does not excite you, you you just need an encounter with God that's just going to breathe fresh life onto it because this is exciting. 
So I'm hopefully going to have a bit of fun here with you today, uh, but also bring this word. Hopefully it's going to change a whole lot of our lives. Uh, this, this message is called He Makes a Way. Um, and I want to tell you what you have and how you got it. A couple of things that you have and, uh, and then how you got that thing. And then we're going to have a bit of a demonstration on stage. You might be wondering, what is this, uh, is this big rope over here doing in the middle of the stage? But we're going to have a bit of fun with that today as well. It's really sad that all the dry ice is gone. I was really going to have some fun with that. Anyway, Hebrews, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 6 today. And this is going to be good. This is going to be good. I'm in Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to be hanging out in nine, verse 19 and 20. And I'm reading from the NIV. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Love it. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. Stop there. Wow. Okay. Let's, let's unpack this a little bit. I'm going to have fun with this today. Okay. Firstly, what do we have? The first thing this talks about here is that we have hope. We have hope as an anchor for our soul. Now, the great thing about the Bible's version of hope is that it's not just a wish, like, geez, I wish we could go to Katara Rooftop for lunch today. You know, it's not just a wish. It's not, I wish I got more eggs, or I wish I got a different kind of egg, or I wish that we, I don't know. You know, it's, it, it's got substance. This kind of hope is based on truth and it has substance to it. it. It's not just this vain kind of, oh gee, I hope Jesus is good to me. This is, a, this is a hope that is a definite looking forward to. This is a hope that has truth as its foundation, as its substance. Our hope has a foundation and this foundation isn't just like a principle, it's not a philosophy, it's not an idea. Our hope is founded on a person, and that, that, that person is Jesus Christ, right? Our hope is in the cross of Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the man of Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus, you know, this, this door has been opened for us to walk with God every single day. You know, and we don't walk with God every single day as like distant, you know, or, or slaves or orphans, but as fully loved sons and daughters of God, fully adopted into His family. See, everything changes with this hope. Everything changes. And you know what? This hope isn't just about where you go when you die. It's not just a hope for eternity. It's also a hope for now. You know, this hope, it works into our entire lives. It kind of, it works its way in. Uh, have you ever tried to clean up glitter? My daughter loves doing craft, and I love cleaning up after her. You ever tried to get rid of glitter? You know, uh, tr true story, I found it on my nose two weeks later. I'm like, you, you can't get rid of this stuff. This stuff is it's everywhere. It's, it, 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 it's like, like hope is a bit more deep than that. But, uh, but it's like hope. Hope gets into every single area after a while. It starts affecting your relationships and your soul and your finances. And everything about you is, starts to be affected by this hope. Let, let's, let's be real. 
life can get pretty tough, right? I mean, even, even when life is going really well, it can still be overwhelming. True? There's a lot of pressure out there. There's a lot of social pressure, social media pressure. I've got to put all my great pictures on Instagram so everyone thinks that I'm doing great. Sometimes it just feels like the, <laughs> like the microphone's going to die. No. Sometimes it just feels like the tides are rising. Sometimes it feels like there's, a, there's, there's been a storm and it didn't really leave. You know, like sometimes it just feels like the weather just got bad. hands and hope that fixes the problem. Maybe you're, you're here today and you've, you've suffered or you are suffering now from depression or, you, or you've had suicidal thoughts in the last few weeks. And I want to tell you that Jesus came to give you hope. This hope can affect you in such an amazing, positive way draw you closer to God because of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, I love that, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. How awesome is that? You know, and this hope, oh, I love this, I'm getting fired up. This hope, it doesn't change like the wind. It doesn't change like the mood of your three-year-old. It doesn't change like, you know, like the tides or like the world seems to change so quickly. This hope is firm and secure. It is a firm security. You can, it is dependable. It is trustworthy. It is reliable. It is a guarantee. It is unshakable. It is safe. This hope that we have. And this is exactly what we need in this world that is so, un, that is so unsure, that is so, un, un, like so changing all the time, that is so insecure, this world. And this is exactly what we need to be walking in every single day, is this hope that is the anchor for our soul. And we can know this hope through Jesus Christ, through the cross, this hope is unable to be assailed by the world. It's unable to be defeated by the devil. It's unable to be touched by people or situations or circumstances. This hope is in Christ and Christ is secure. And you can have relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you already do, you can walk in this hope every day. Every day. And this leads us into another thing which it talks about right here, and that's the invitation into his presence. See, this hope is, my bad, I just don't touch that part of the microphone. This hope is not just about eternity, it's, it's for now. And what this hope does is it pulls us into relationship and connection and closeness with God. Jesus didn't just die for you so you could have an eternity in heaven. He died for you so you could live now. You could live now. Your sins could be forgiven now. And that opens up the door for a relationship with God that is deep. Not distant, but deep 
and connected and powerful and strong. I mean, I, 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 okay, this kind of sounds a little bit too good to be true, right? So, so, so God wants relationship with me and I've sinned against God, so therefore God's going to come and he's going to die for me and so I can have relationship with him, which is what I was born for. And you're like, it kind of sounds a bit good to, too good to be true, right? It does. I, I get it. I, I, I'm on the same page, but it's still true. It's still real. That's still how it panned out because of his great love for you and because of God's grace and because of his mercy, that's how he decided to make it work for you and I. Because he's good. You know, uh, some of us, we kind of think, I don't know, before I came to Christ or even before I knew God well, I just thought he was an old codger in heaven who was angry with me about something. But here's the truth. He's a good father and he loves you and he wants what's best for you. It's true. So when Jesus died, a few really bizarre things happened, right? A few really strange things. Okay, so some dead people came back to life and got out of the grave and started walking around in the city. I'd call that a bit weird. I'd be like, uh, didn't I attend your funeral last week? That's odd. Uh, you know, the, it went dark in the middle of the day for about three hours. All of a sudden, it's like, who put the sun out? Like, what the heck? You know, there was this enormous earthquake that shook. And then this big, thick curtain that was much bigger and much thicker than these ones, really big, really thick. Now, I have read a, 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 a commentary that said that the thickness of, of, so this is like, you know, less than a mil thick. I have read a commentary that says that the thickness was six feet. Six foot thick. And we're talking way high, way long. And this curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. So it isn't like the curtain that your cat shredded a couple of weeks ago. This, this thing is massive. And it was torn from top to bottom. This wasn't an act of of any human, this was an act of God. This is God making a statement. This is God saying, you know what? This, this, the thing that was preventing everybody from coming all the way into my presence is now torn in two. I, I, I've shredded the curtain. You're now welcome into my presence. So good. Verse 19 says, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. So in the Old Testament, the way that it used to go was that uh, you had to go through a representative, a, a, a priest, in order to be right with God, okay? You couldn't really have a deep relationship with God. You, you, you could just be right with God or not right with God, really. The high priest would make these sacrifices for you. And you couldn't enter into this presence of God yourself, only he could, but only once a year. Once a year, the high priest could enter into this place called the Holy of Holies, which was behind this curtain, which is behind the curtain that God tore in two. And he could only go in there once a year. And they would tie a rope, or maybe not as heavy as this rope, maybe they could tie a rope around his feet, because if he hadn't performed the right rituals, if he wasn't right with God, and he stepped into the very presence of God, he would be struck pretty dead. 
he would not be alive. So they wouldn't want to go into the presence of God to draw him out. Otherwise, you'd have this never-ending pile of bodies. And that doesn't look good. So they would tie a rope around his leg, and if he died, they would just pull him out. But that's the, that's the, the, the curtain that was torn in two. So in the Old Testament, it was impossible for you, unless you were the high priest, and even only once a year, for you to go and spend time in the presence of God. Impossible. So the other way that we've been trying to do it for, for millennia is to try and be good enough. If Maybe if I'm just good enough, then God will let me into heaven. Maybe I can good my way past the sin. Maybe I could just be, uh, do all these honorable things and noble things and, and, and self-sacrificing things so that God will... And this is, the, this is the main view of the people that I talk to in the world. Well, I'm pretty good. God will have to be crazy not to let me into heaven. I'm awesome. <laughs> like, okay, um, it's not how it works, man. The only thing that pays for sin is blood. You can't make up for the bad with lots of good stuff. It doesn't work like that. It's impossible. There's only one way to get to God, to be in relationship with Him, to be adopted as His child, to be right with Him, to be totally forgiven, to have assurance that you're going to be in heaven when you leave this earth, and that is through Jesus Christ. The only way. Do you ever get lost in the shopping center when you're a kid? Anyone? Anyone's like, yeah, I did. It was freaky. You know, I did last week. Couldn't find my wife. You know, like, you're like, um, mum's gone. Um, that's bad. And the kid either breaks down or just does a runner somewhere or screams out, ah! or whatever the kid is freaking out you know this it's like i'm not safe anymore i have no guidance i have no leadership mom or dad is not here it's a it's a bit of a different story if you're the parent and your child is lost anyone ever had that happen yeah yeah yeah. you're like okay and uh oh they're, they're gone oh great um okay well this let's get out of here this could be good no <laughs> That's only sometimes if you're a parent of small children or teenagers, I hear, I hear. Anyway. But that can be a really freaky thing. If you can't find your child and it's been a couple of minutes, you, you start to panic. You start to fear for, for their safety. Whoa, what the heck is going on? Like this is, where is my child? And there can be panic set in. There can be, that's a lot of fear. We have a, uh, a family in our campus right now whose son has been missing for five months. Yeah, like this, it's, it's real. It's real. God is not just the creator of the universe. He's also the creator of you. And he loves you. He loves you so much that he, he wanted to do whatever needed to be done so that he could get you back to him. There are a lot of lost children in the world and Christ came to rescue them all. Every one of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Okay? So Jesus 
love, this is how it works out. Jesus loves you so much that he was prepared to die for you. Like, that just blows my mind. You know, dwell on it for a while. Think about it for a while. It's impacting. It's powerful. You know, without Jesus, mankind is lost. They're like lost children going, Mom, Dad, I guess we've got to fend for ourselves now. So Jesus was the one who made the way possible back to the Father. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, so we have this, this hope as an anchor for our souls and this invitation to know God deeply, to walk with God closely. It's, the, it's, it's, it's amazing. But how is this even possible? Well, now we start talking about the next part of the verse. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. This is awesome. You're like a forerunner. Isn't that a Nissan? Well, yes, it is. It is a Nissan. And then they renamed it Pathfinder. That's not what we're talking about here. All right. Where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. This, uh, this word, this is the only time in, in all of Scripture that this word is used. The only time, the only time that this word forerunner is used is right here. And let me tell you what it means. It basically means a person who goes ahead of everyone else to make a way. So it was used uh, for scouts in the army. And they would send the scouts ahead of the rest of the army to make the way safe for the rest of the army to follow, right? So Jesus here is being called our forerunner. Jesus made a way. He made the only way where there was no way. There was no way for you and I to get to God. Not through religion. No way for us. Jesus entered into the sanctuary behind the curtain for us, and now he invites us to go there with him. I read a commentary that said, Jesus introduced mankind into full fellowship with God. I was like, oh, that's such a good summary. Wow. So you might be wondering, why do we have so much uh, uh, sea stuff happening? And because the other word for, uh, the other meaning for this word forerunner is, is quite significant. And I'm going to ask a few people to come up, and I'm already looking at for some people that I can get up here uh, in a minute. But um, in Jesus' day, this word for forerunner meant a small boat. When a large ship was coming into harbour, but if it was dark or there were stormy seas and there was rough waves and it wasn't safe for them to go any further, this little boat called a forerunner would grab the anchor from the large ship and they would row all the way into shore. And they would plant the anchor in a safe place and then the boat the large boat would be able to winch its way all the way to shore 
Jesus is our forerunner. I need, I need three volunteers. I need at least two men. Come on, hands up right away. Alex, one, is that you in the middle there? You're so busted. You're coming down. All right, good job. Barney Hastings, you've got a beard. You can come down as well. I need, a, I need a, another, let's have a female now. Ruve, good job. Well done. Oh, did you want to come down? What? Okay, Ruve, yep. I already mentioned you and now it's just got awkward. So let's, uh, all right. So I've got, I've got, you can be God, all right? Come over here, come over here. Right, Barney, you're going to be over here. You're going to be Jesus because you look like, I don't know. Anyway, so Barney, you're going to stand over here. Barney's going to be God. You have to stand with him. God the Father, God the Son. Now, Ruve, no, no, you're not, not so close, not so close. Right, right, right. You, you're going to represent mankind, humankind, people. There's a gap right here, a very significant gap between mankind and God. And no amount of religion can cover that gap. No amount of good deeds, no, no, nothing that we could do can close this gap. This is mankind and they are lost at sea. They are stuck in the harbour. They cannot get to shore. They cannot get any further because it's dark, because it's, behave like it's stormy, right? It's really stormy over here. Yeah, not that stormy. Uh, it, it's bad. This is, it's, it, this is a really bad situation because they have no possible chance to get to God apart from Jesus. So Jesus is called our forerunner. And you know what he's going to do? See, Ruby, you take the hold, the hold of this other side. Let's hope this works better than it did for Stephen Furtick's presence. Okay. All right. So, so now you've got to pretend like you've got a big anchor as well, right? So you're taking, you're taking the, uh, yeah, this didn't unravel very well in the box, so I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm sure you can work it out because you're Jesus. Um, so the forerunner is going to make a way eventually. So the forerunner is going to come this way. You stay there. Stay there because you're still lost. Jesus is making a way. Jesus is dying on the cross. Jesus is getting resurrected from the, from the grave. Jesus is walking around with His disciples and now mankind has a way. So now you can winch your way all, now, now you can winch your way all the way to God. Do you see what's happening right now? Religion did nothing. Good works, nothing. But you know what Jesus did? Jesus made a way where there was no way for us to get to God. No possible way. We were lost. We were hopeless. We were drowning. We were, we were suffering over here. And there was no possible way for us to get to God. And God in His mercy, Barney in His grace, no, God in His grace and His mercy sent Jesus, His only Son, to the other side to come and be a part of us so that as one of us, He can make a way so that we could get to God. Thank you, guys. You're good. Jesus is the forerunner. You know one scripture I love, and that's in Isaiah. 
where God says, I will make a way in the desert, streams in the wasteland. Are you excited about this? Because you see, man. Because God made a way to you. All of us. Just think about it. Jesus is, he's my forerunner. He's your forerunner. You and I were created for relationship with God. We were born for it. It's the most natural thing in the world for us to relate to God. But sin got in the way. Sin created this gap. And now this thing that we were born for, we, we weren't able to accomplish, we weren't able to do. There was no way for us to get there. Nothing in the Old Testament enabled us to get there. None of our good deeds, no religion, no philosophy, no new age, no anything allowed us to get back to God. But Jesus came. This, he came to rescue you. Do you see that? He came to rescue you. You were lost at sea, struggling, and He came to rescue you. And this is the gospel message, that Jesus died for you and I, and He took our punishment for our sin onto Him. And He gave us complete forgiveness to restore us back to a personal, powerful, deep communion with God. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, I want, to, I want you to get ready to respond. I want you to, to, to see what's going on in your heart right now. Or if you have walked away from God and you are like, I think, I think this is my time to come back to God right now. I'm gonna tell you, God's grace is available for you today. You know, if that's you, can we just close our eyes for a minute? I'm gonna actually, let's open our eyes because the prayer I want us to pray is on the screen. That got awkward, right. I want us to pray this together. And if you pray this for the first time, or if you pray this coming back to Christ, coming back to God, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand after we've prayed it. Is everyone ready? All right, let's pray it together with me. Dear Jesus, I need you in my life. I come to you and ask for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God come and be my Savior and my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to walk with you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If that was you, and you just prayed this prayer for the first time ever, if you just came and asked Jesus into your life for the first time, I'm gonna ask you to be really bold and just stick up your hand for me right now. Or if you came back to God today and you're like, this is my time. I prayed that prayer and I meant it. I feel like there's like two or three people here today. If 
who, who have prayed this prayer and made a decision to follow Jesus. If that was you, can there be really bold and stick up your hand for me, give me a bit of a wave. Right at the back here, that's awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? Give me a bit of a wave. Give me a bit of a wave. Is there anyone else who's prayed that prayer for the first time and you're like, that was me. That was me. I did that. You know, your heart's probably pounding right now. Just give me a little wave. Give me a little wave. Awesome. Awesome. We're going we're gonna to stick a little... Um, a little package in your hand. We're going to give you a Bible. I'm going to get someone to pray with you and just have a, have a good chat with you because this is the start of an amazing journey and you're going to love the journey forward. But it's not always easy. So we're going to, going to get someone to have a, have a chat with you after the service if that's all right. Yeah, can we put our hands together for her? So great. So good. And as I invite Pastor Keith to come out, I just want to say one last thing. Don't ever let the cross become a cliche. Don't ever let it go there. When Easter rolls around next year, prepare your heart. Read like what Pastor Keith was doing. Read through the book of Luke and get your, your spirit ready. Get ready to be impacted again and again and again by the most powerful thing that's ever happened in this world, and that's the cross. Awesome, Pastor Darren. Why don't you thank him for that message? reminding us of our anchor, which is cool. You know, we have an anchor that is steadfast and sure. The Bible actually says that on the older versions. It, it's kind of permanent, which is a good thing. You know, it doesn't kind of drag through sand. It's in a rock, which is awesome. Hey, guys, let me just remind you of a couple of things as we close um, and get you ready for what's happening after and, uh, and then carry on with the day. But we're going to close with a great song in a second baptisms now the whole church is going to gather and celebrate as i said you go out there you turn left you'll see the baptistry scriptures on the side of it children age one to three will stay with their leaders in their rooms during the baptism so don't if you got children in that age bracket age one to three uh, don't go pick them up for the baptism children age four and up need to be collected by parents and brought to the baptism so we'll we'll delay for that if you've got children that are age, around the age four and in the in the ministry there. Go collect them, bring them there, and enjoy the baptisms. And after the baptisms, there is an egg hunt. Now, egg hunt, you need to listen to Pastor Earl, who will emcee the baptisms. Stand up and show him your guns. Yeah, there you go. He's going to emcee that, give direction. So uh, parents of children's one to three, collect your children after the baptism and head out to the AstroTurf. Where is that, Earl? That way? Well, hang on, he's pointing toward the road. That way, good. Your children are safe, trust us. So take your children to the AstroTurf Courtyard. If you don't know where that's at, the team will direct you. Children ages 4 to 11. So younger kids, AstroTurf, ages 4 to 11, follow the balloons and head to the grassy field. That's out that way. That's way out the field. Oh, it's a different one. Out the front. They'll, you'll direct them. You got that right. All right. You'll get that right. So I'm sure you got teams directing them, don't you? Awesome. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Uh, remember, uh, leave the kids one to three in there for the baptism. We'll see you at the baptism.
Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.